and welcome to the latest episode of BAM, that's Boris and Matt Weekly, the only podcast that might have a bigger ego than Cody Rhodes because we named the show after ourselves. We're your hosts, I'm <laughs> Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. <laughs> Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. It's funny, off air, I was just, I was just talking to Boris, I was like, do you want to talk about Cody Rhodes? And he was like, no. No, let's not, let's not break up, Cody. We talked a little bit about Dynamite that we started the show. And the first words out of your mouth are a shot at Cody Rhodes. I can't believe it. How you doing, big homie? Are you shocked? You need, <laughs> This is the reason why. You know I've had this plan the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I'm not shocked. Not at all. Not in the least. Exactly. So today we have a busy show. Uh, We're going to be talking sports. We're going to be talking some wrestling. We're going to be talking some sports entertainment. On the sports side, we're going to be talking NFL playoffs week one, super wild card. What a weekend it was. Tons of blowouts. We're going to get into that. And then on the wrestling side, we have some ML dubs. We have some impact wrestling continuing their upwards momentum. We have some terminus. And then... We are going to be talking about GCW's big show at the Hammerstein Ballroom this weekend. We're going to be previewing that because I think this might be the indie show to watch out for. Uh, Early, obviously, but it's a contender for the indie show of the year. I'm sure it'll be high on the list when all is said and done this year. Talking about the world on GCW, not Terminus, but Terminus was also very interesting, worth noting. We're going to get into that but yeah, man, the big game changer wrestling show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's coming up January 23rd. Yep, exactly. Just a few more days. Hammerstein Ballroom and just a historic venue. We've seen some amazing wrestling shows from their most notably ECW shows. We have saw, you know, the return of ECW in that building. We saw some epic ROH shows and final battle shows specifically from there. So it's just one of the, you know, when you when you think of small venue for wrestling, you gotta think of the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, absolutely. A perfect venue. It's awesome that Game Changer Wrestling has made it, as it were, to that venue. And it's a really interesting, very eclectic card, as has become accustomed in GCW. So hopefully... My big uh, criticism with Game Changer Wrestling has been too many death matches, and I'm really hoping that we won't see it. It doesn't seem like it's going to be very heavy on that uh, front, so I'm very excited for that show, man. We'll get into it later. Uh, Boris, how are you doing, big homie? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing very good. Super busy. Good. It continues. Good. You know, just, just powering through, making, uh, you know, crossing T's, dotting I's, yeah. on some contracts at work. Uh, and, you know, still still powering through with all the wrestling. Uh, been planning the big flagship show with Mike. It's going to be a fun one. Another roundtable. Another discussion. It's going to be a good show, man. But, yeah, everything's been busy. And, uh, you know, real life stuff, you know, it's 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 still, still, still powering through. Stuff are still going on. Um, just, you know... Here in Ontario, we're in lockdown, so things, you know, it's not like I can go to the bar and and, and have a drink. I can if I want to be outside, freezing my arse. But right now with, uh, what, 20 inches of snow out there and freezing, that's not going to happen. So, you know, but it's kind of good. I kind of like taking the winter, 
being a little more tranquilo on my liver and uh <laughs> you know just just chilling honestly i've been trying to chill a little more and just 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 taking it all in Nice man. Well, glad to hear that. Yeah, it's good. You need you need to rest. You uh you two are human, Boris. So that's good, buddy. Um, no, I'm not. Yeah, man. I, I it's funny that you mentioned like patios and going outdoors and stuff. I actually just went to Bar Neon, which isn't too far from where we live on Bloor Street. They have a nice little outdoor patio yep. going on. It's heated. Very very nice. Drinking a couple hot toddies, as it were, old timey lemon based drink. It's basically alcoholic neo citron. But you know, it's a good time. So I recommend that patio if you're in the city looking for a spot to go chill. But uh, oh, buddy, yeah, hanging in there, working very very hard. Uh, got a video for Operation Sports coming out in the next couple days. There was an awesome video. I posted it in the SNME video uh, Facebook group. It was by uh, Brian Mazik, the hardest working man in sports and video gaming, and, and uh, he talked to a couple. Developers of 2K who are high up, who are very high involved in the creative process. It was an awesome interview, very easy to listen to. Uh, so yeah, go go check that out if you're interested in 2K. Keep your eyes peeled for my video coming out in the next couple of days, just reacting to everything we know so far. And yeah, man, I am also just working hard, hanging in there. Excited for the show on Sunday too. I believe it's going to be uh, me and uh, Joe Aguinaldo hop, hopping out. Yeah uh something's going on i don't i don't know who's on anyways um yeah no it's it's gonna be a yeah the next this week is actually gonna be busy i'm kind of happy that i get to lay low again because i have a lot of writing to do everyone should check out my interview with impact world champ moose that's on slam wrestling.net then i have not one but two more interviews to come out uh, and hopefully we have some audio for those interviews coming out on SNME. Just, you know, it's it's the timing of everything. Got to time everything properly with uh, the right people and the talent. And uh, hopefully we can get all that coming out. But I got a little delayed on the actual written piece because of my uh, computer and, and, and all that entire shit show that happened. But here we go. Going to be a fun weekend of just chilling relaxing, drinking some Great Lakes beer, and, uh, you know, doing my thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, thank you. Shout out to Great Lakes beer, to Jason Agnew for uh, dropping that off. You got to make it out to the city and uh, hit me up with my Great Lakes, Boris. Uh, I, I miss the, the the cold Canadian brew. You know what I mean? Need, need Got to have it for my wrestling watching. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not well, yeah. I, I, it's, I can't blame you, though, buddy. Toronto has been buried under snow. It's actually it's starting to... It was starting to warm up yesterday, but it's back to being cold and bitter again. The winter yeah. has... It has hit here in the city, Boris. Yeah, so it's the Boris of weathers. Cold, bitter, and angry. <laughs> oh, man. Cold, bitter, angry, and here to stay. So whether you <laughs> like it or not, it's the way it goes. <laughs> Also, I just it's, want to clean something up. I'm not exactly sure who's coming on the round table. I thought it was going to be Joe. It might be Mark, Mark. but we'll see. It it's might just Mark. be me and you, Boris, we'll f and Mike, of course. We'll figure it out, but it's going to be a fun show on Sunday. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so uh, oof, what, uh, what a crazy weekend last weekend it was in the NFL. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. Not necessarily the most entertaining uh, schedule. There were some close games, but definitely some noteworthy outcomes. Chief among them, the Patriots getting blowed out 
as it were, Boris. The door's blown off them. Buffalo cranking the New England Patriots. Is this the end of Bill Belichick? Is he ever going to win again in the I National think he will have one more chance. I think next season is going to be it. Honestly, having said that, I wouldn't be surprised if Kraft just says, F you, you're done. You're not going to win without Tom Brady. I don't trust you. Get out of here. Um, if that happens, I see that there's an opening in another team in the AFC East that needs a coach. And yeah. I would give a lot for that man. Cheating and all. Go <laughs> I would be absolutely shocked if they like fired Belichick. I don't think who knows with crazy billionaire owners, but I think Belichick has probably earned Robert Kraft's trust at this point. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh but anyway, man, yeah, I, I don't know if the Patriots, with the roster constructed as it is, with Mac Jones being a young guy, I don't know if they're going to win again in Bill Belichick's career. But he's had a stellar career, the best coach in the history of football either way. Uh, but you know who is still winning, Boris? Tom Brady. He's still there, still slugging yep. away. Yep. Tom Brady is still winning, just making the Eagles look like the regular season Eagles. Yeah, kind of kind of sunned the Eagles a little bit. Final score in that game was 31 to 15 Tampa. So yeah, Boris, we actually went 5 for 6 on our predictions. The only pick that I got wrong was I quite embarrassingly embarrassingly picked the Patriots who again got stomped 47 to 17. Boris, you picked the Cowboys and they let you down. They let no, a lot of people down. No, this was my master plan the entire time, my friend. <laughs> The reverse jinx? You've yes, the reverse the jinx. powers of jinx? Exactly. Boris, you sly dog, you. You got the you got the Cowboys eliminated. I can't believe it. Yeah, and I love it because one of my cousins, uh, total, total, just an absolute glory hunter when it comes to teams. Um, and I hope he's listening because he's a glory hunter and he knows exactly who he is. Anyways, he... From L.A., flew out to the game, and he was just so happy, just so happy, just so hyped. And right before the game, I sent him one text message, and it just two words, get bent. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Cowboys lose, but that, that's even better, Boris. Oh, man. And yeah, so yeah, the Cowboys let down all of America. Fans literally crying in the stands. It was uh, a sad day. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We're uh, we're here in the divisional round now, Boris, the elite eight of the NFL, as it were. All right. I need to ask you before we move on, before we move away from the Cowboys game, I need to honestly ask you, what did you think of the end of the game? Uh, you know, I was I was surprised that uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I was surprised that the fake punt worked, <laughs> to be honest. But that it is what it is. Uh I, I think Mike McCarthy has proven that he's a terrible coach. It's just he doesn't – I don't trust a Mike McCarthy team down the stretch. It was like this with when he was on Green Bay for a very, very long time. And uh, now that he's left, Aaron Rodgers, I think, has only done better. He stacked a couple MVPs, and Green Bay has been awesome since uh, Mike McCarthy has departed. McCarthy is now in Dallas, and they're kind of straddled with his poor coaching. So as much as you trust like a Belichick or even a Sean McVay at this point – I have the exact opposite reaction with any Mike McCarthy-led team. And unfortunately, that's Dallas. I just, I, I cannot trust them in any big game ever for any reason. So I wasn't surprised. 
Yeah, it's like people want to blame the refs in the end of the game, but there were just so many issues throughout the stretch that just led to that, right? Like, it sh- no game should hinge on that last play. Yes, and I, I think, like, Dak Prescott knows the rules. What happened was the referee was basically running back to spot the ball, to hand the ball to the center, and he didn't get back in time. He kind of ran into Dak Prescott, and it was kind of an embarrassing Benny Hill-like situation and the very last play of that game. But that's not on the referee. As much as it was kind of a, a funny visual at the time, that's on the Cowboys and Dak Prescott to not be in that position with one second left. And also, they could have put the ball down. They could have done that. They had to actually, the ref had to put it into the center's hands. That's like the rule. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, but at the end of the day, like you said, like I said, you shouldn't put yourself as a team. It shouldn't come down to that. Like, you know, there's there's so much that they could have done to avoid that situation. But, hey, you know what? At least they turned it into a game which can't be said about the Bills game and the Bills-Patriots game, the Eagles and Tampa game, and even the Monday Nighter. Yeah, the Monday Nighter was depressingly uh, a blowout. I thought it would be a closer game, Cardinals versus Rams. They really gave Kyler Murray a lot of trouble there. But the, the Cardinals weren't a full, healthy squad. They were missing DeAndre Hopkins, who is just absolutely incredible, probably the best receiver in all of football. So, yeah, it wasn't that surprising. But we both we both picked the Rams, of course. But, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was bad. There, there, there's really... Even like the Steelers Chiefs blowout game, we we went five for six. It wasn't that hard to pick these games, to be honest, buddy. Yeah, it really wasn't. Like I said, honestly, San Fran Dallas, you know, in my mind, it's still 30 years ago. Whoever wins that game could possibly win the Super Bowl, you know, and and there's just so much history between those two teams. You just never know who's going to win. Right. Like that was probably the hardest game to pick. No, definitely. And it, it bore out to be the closest game. I think that's and we split on that one just like we split on the Patriots, which was not a hard game to pick. I'm just an idiot. Uh, moving on to yeah to the Elite Eight, the divisional round here. So the first game is Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's Bengals at Titans. We both had the Titans into the AFC title game. I'm not switching off my pick yet, but it will be interesting to see Joe Burrow versus the Titans here. He has a, he has a chance to uh, disrupt things, especially if Derrick Henry is less than healthy. Exactly, exactly. We'll see what goes on there. What else do we got? Yeah. We both have the Titans coming out of that one. The Saturday night game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, is 49ers at Packers. We both have the Packers in the NFC title game. I will not be switching that pick either. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's much of a shot there. For uh, for posterity's sake, Boris, the, the gambling line, the favorites uh, in Tennessee, Cincinnati, Tennessee is favored by three and a half. In Green Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay is favored by six, and that's the biggest spread all week. So that kind of tells you where we're, we're saying Green Bay would be the biggest shocker if the Packers lost. So those are the Saturday night and Saturday afternoon games. Moving on, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, Rams at Buccaneers. This is one where we defer, Boris. I have the Rams winning this one. You had Tampa winning this one. It did play out. We were right in the first round. You're not backing off your Buccaneers yet, are you? Number one, not my Buccaneers. Someone's Buccaneers. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Okay, yeah, we we definitely cheer for the other Florida team, but yeah, I, I I think you'll agree that the Rams are the most talented team, but that doesn't matter. The Rams don't have Tom Brady. They don't have that sick front seven, although they do have a sick front seven. They don't have Tampa's yeah. team, so it'll be a very interesting game. I think the Rams are going to get it done, though. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. Like, I can honestly see that, but I just think that the Rams on paper most talented team on paper after the trade deadline like they just made major moves but i still haven't seen them play as a unit that well they're starting to figure that out but hey they, man, they could fall apart at any time it's a house they of are. cards yeah it is house of cards and just like yep. the tv show could be abruptly cancelled hey <laughs> ooh, ooh, let's avoid any further comment and move on to the main event of Sunday's football slate, 6.30 p.m., Bills at Chiefs. It's going head-to-head with Game Changer Wrestling, Morris. Um, but, yeah, no, it's going to be a very good game, I'm sure. I'm not backing off the Chiefs yet. I believe you have Kansas City winning this one as well. Let yeah, me consult my bracket. Yeah. yeah, you do. I'm pretty sure I do. But yeah, we both have Kansas City winning yeah. the ball. That's right. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, sorry, Buffalo. Get bent. (laughs) Get bent, indeed. So, yeah, that's the Elite Eight. Bengals, Titans, Bills, Chiefs, Rams, Bucks, and 49ers, Packers. One of those eight teams will be your Super Bowl champion this year. I love it, man. I love a good playoff game. And we're going to see, hopefully, some maybe some cold weather in Kansas City, maybe some cold weather in Green Bay. Lots of fun. Exactly. Honestly, I love playoff football. You know what I love about the NFL in general? It's the only sport that I can honestly turn on the TV and watch any game, any team. Doesn't matter who's playing. I will watch it. I'm a little bit like that with hockey as well, just because I'm I'm pretty deep into the fantasy hockey, and I always kind of I always yeah I'm also a humongous hoser, but uh, yeah definitely definitely same thing with football, especially at playoff time, especially yeah. at playoff time. It's good background watching, you know. It is like I can have the game on. Um, actually, to be 100 percent honest, when we're recording the Sunday flagship show, that's what I have on the background. I have football. I'm listening to football off of my ears. <laughs> there you go. Half paying attention to Mike and me with our hot takes on the round table. I love it. Yeah, but I'm paying attention enough to know when you make fun of comic books, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I wasn't. Let me be very clear. I wasn't the one that said nobody cares. I just personally don't know enough or care enough to make that distinction. <laughs> I didn't say that nobody cares, though. That was Mike. Give him the flag. <laughs> That's still the funniest. It was hilarious. And it's actually <laughs> hilarious how many people have brought that up already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I clearly struck a chord. Again, I apologize. John Cena getting DC roles, not Marvel roles. Yep, he's getting the old big DC roles. <laughs> all of them all two of those big dc rolls all the dc rolls all right man anything else on the football that you want to talk about uh I, unless you want to do a tight 25 on tony khan's uh, work on the jacksonville jaguars i think we're done for this week <laughs> we're, we're headed back conference <laughs> champion week <laughs> You actually, (laughs) that got me. That legitimately (laughs) got me. (laughs) You know, I'm tired. (laughs) When? (laughs) When you actually sell my jokes? Yeah, I think so. That's that's the point we know. 
<laughs> when I sell your jo- I always sell your jokes. <laughs> Not just messing with you, I mean, just, just tagging it, just tagging the line, you know what it is. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to wrestling. And let's start with MLW, where the only good fight that they're having recently is in the courtroom. Oh, snap, buddy. Uh, I'm not watching MLW. They pretty much lost me with uh, the whole Battle Riot thing. I've been in and out. I'll watch a big, hyped show. But, yeah, they're pretty pretty stricken by COVID on the MLW side as well. It's rough times for Major League Wrestling. It is. It is. And, I, you know, I don't mean to be too tough. Like, it's not the worst. But it's far from where I'm used to seeing MLW, to be honest, right? And this whole MLW Azteca stuff, it's – I still – feel like it doesn't know what it wants to be it's to me just it's trying to do too much with too little yeah and that's been my we've said this about mlw on the podcast numerous times always always has been my criticism of mlw what is it what does it want to be and what are we 20 years into its existence we still don't quite know yeah off and on right like they took a hiatus for a few years but yeah Honestly, last week's MLW Azteca show, I'm not even going to talk about every match. I'll touch on every match, but I'm not going to go deep. You know, we had 51-50, Slice, Boogie, and Rivera with Conan versus Black Destiny and Scalibur. Uh, 51-50 ended up winning. They kept the belts. You had some more Cesar Duran stuff going on. Uh, You had the MLW Openweight Championship match, Alex Kane versus Aerostar. Alex Kane won. Eh. Match. Kind of short. The most interesting match was a hardcore match. Pagano versus your boy, Savio Vega. Oh, man. he. The thing is, Savio Vega is my boy, and I did love Savio Vega in 1995 like everyone else. But it's just he's a little limited here in 2022. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, he can barely move. <laughs> exactly and you can see that with your eyes so i don't think it's unfair for me to kind of be like oh great another savio vega match you know yeah but like it was all right this match was all right pagano won all right the big takeaway from the show is that jacob fatu will break his silence next week so we're going to see kind of what's going on but honestly at the end of the day this was a eh show at best honestly it just wasn't the it wasn't that good um the tag team match was okay that was probably the best thing on the show the hardcore match could have been better but again you have like a 75 year old savio vega honestly i just mlw i'm gonna i don't know why matt it's like that weird relationship I know, it's like my real relationship where you just keep giving it a shot and you don't know why <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to let go, buddy. But uh, I, I don't, I don't ever want to discourage you from watching wrestling on this podcast. We try to be the catch-all, but at the same time, I don't regret making the clean break. I gotta tell you. Oh no, 100%. I don't miss them. Look, I watch a lot of stuff as I'm falling asleep. Some of this stuff makes me fall asleep. Uh, there you go. So yeah, you know, that's that. So let's talk some terminus. I'm gonna leave. Impact for last, because in my opinion, Impact was probably the best thing that we're going to cover out of the three things. Awesome. I'm excited for Impact where it's at. But yeah, tell me about the Terminus pay-per-view. I did not get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. I was very intrigued by the rule system and the presentation. But how did it come across? I heard there were some technical issues. All right. So the technical issues came only in the pre-show. 
and it was just downright embarrassing. It was barely audible. Some random stuff was going on. The hosts were horrible, and it was just not a good showing. Actually, one of the hosts was Faye Jackson, if you remember her. Uh, she, you know, she's been around the block in the wrestling business for a while, but it just wasn't a good pre-show. Technical issues galore, and in fact, apparently on Saturday into Sunday and through Sunday, there was actually a big storm, a snowstorm. They got st- a snow for the first time in three years so there were a lot of wrestlers that weren't able to actually make the show which really really sucks oh that's brutal that was in atlanta correct so that, yeah it's definitely rare for atlanta to get snow obviously so yeah that sucks tough draw tough break for terminus yeah no it really 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 sucked uh so yeah so diamante was in for lisa hall uh, Josh Woods was in for Jay Lethal. I, you know, I'm a big Josh Woods mark, so I kind of like that. But it kind of sucks that yet again I don't get to see Jay Lethal because he's not really showing up anywhere else. No, little shot, little shot, Boris at AEW. But you know what? That one's fair. He has not spent a lot of time on AEW. It is and, COVID. Okay. You never oh, know what? in these times. You never know in these times. Let's be fair. Just want to say that. Yeah, but he's showing up on dark and elevation all the time. Fair. Also fair. So, <laughs> so you know, you know? It's, it's not like it's not like he's not wrestling. Anyways, I know there will be a time. I know that AEW kind of does this uh rotating roster type thing every few months, but you know, someone like a Jay Lethal should be featured each and every week. Anyways, so those are the main changes to the card. Um, yeah, the pre-show was horrible. The main card was supposed to start at 6, but because of the weather, you know, they ended up starting at 6.30. I don't, I'm fine with that, right? Let's talk about the rules. You brought up the rules. I, I kind of like this. We have talked about this, where we love that real sports feeling, that big, fight feel that real fight feel in wrestling that presentation and terminus was kind of going for that uh you know baron black and and jonathan gresham the two promoters of terminus they said multiple times that they are looking to bring pure rules to the modern era and i, I kind of like that right so they are following some very very important rules all right so Matches and terminus can only be won by pinfall, submission, knockout, or disqualification unless a substitute stipulation is agreed upon by the wrestlers in the match. There will also be five second countouts. Time limits will be strictly enforced with all matches except for championship bouts having a 15-minute time limit. Championship matches will have a 20-minute time limit. If a match reaches the time limit, there will be a 90-second overtime period. Wrestlers have to start the overtime period in a neutral position. If there's no winner after those 90 seconds, the match ends in a draw. Disqualifications can be caused by foreign object use, outside interference, or if a wrestler commits two technical fouls. It's also stated that any weapon usage will result in expulsion from terminus. Technical fouls will be given at the referee's discretion. The following actions are considered technical fouls. Here's the list. Throwing an opponent over the top rope. 10 second top rope count. 5 count rope corner break. Intentional physical contact with a referee. Intentional low blow. Intentional eye gouge. Fish hooking. Intentional hair pulling. 
spitting and closed fist punches. So basically, Ric Flair would be barred from Terminus. <laughs> it's literally everything in his arsenal right there. Um, that I, I really like. Some of the ideas are weird. The five-second countout seems yes. to limit dives, but that's probably part of the point of it. It definitely limits you know creativity outside of the ring, but also... That's fine. It limits the garbage wrestling spots. The, you know, there are some interesting things. I would like to see them go full, like, uh, European uh, football official with, like, red cards and yellow cards for the technical fouls. Be... I think that would be dope. Amazing. Oh, my God. And then, of course, they would have to do a VAR. They would have to do a VAR spot somewhere, right? <laughs> yes, of course. Video review of course, boards. Yeah. The referee comes out and draws the little box in midair, yeah. and we go to the <laughs> replay. Having said that, I know I've watched an independent show somewhere that they've done that. I think so, yeah. Actually, that that rings a bell. I'm sure I've seen it online. But yeah, are, do, do you want to go through this card? Are we going to do that show this way? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or do you want to just yeah. go like broad strokes? We're gonna. I'm going to go through the card, but I'm not going to go blow by blow. I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts on the match. So the first match was Josh Woods versus Lee Moriarty. Great match. Awesome match. A lot of back and forth, very technical. Lee Moriarty won via pinfall. Really like this. Um, yeah, Moriarty won with a European clutch. Very cool. Got him the pin. Very good match. You know, I'm a big Josh Woods, Mark, and I'm yeah. a huge fan of everything that I've seen from Lee Moriarty so far. Absolutely. I love Lee Moriarty's work. I think he's really just an underutilized talent. He's slowly getting more and more uh, love in the pro wrestling world, which is great. Your boy, Josh Woods, the number one overall pick of the BAM ROH draft. Boris, I'm surprised you're not outraged. Oh, man, you know, whatever, man. It's 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 not they, they don't disrespect him like legado in other places, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you know, we're not far from there. Anyways, match number two, JDX versus Daniel Garcia versus Invictus Cash, versus Adam Priest, and what they are calling a Terminal Eliminator match. Essentially, two guys in the ring, you tag in and out, and it's an elimination match. So this match was pretty good. This match featured a lot of Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia was the sleazy scumbag heel. He was able to eliminate both JDX and Adam Priest after capitalizing on someone else's move. So I really, really like that. Nice. Um, I'm really enjoying Daniel Garcia getting a push more and more. It's good that he, yeah, on paper, eliminated everyone in this match in one. Yes. So though there were shenanigans, obviously, that's they're they're pushing Daniel Garcia hard, and I I, yeah. I love and respect that. He's so, really talented. So so Matt, but this is why I love this match, and this is what, like this was excellent booking. So Daniel Garcia, bullshit scumbag heel capitalizes and gets two eliminations we're down to the last two guy garcia and cash they start doing closed uh open fist um uh slaps garcia just connects on cash cash passes the f out referee steps in gives garcia the win via knockout wow just a strike battle won by garcia so they did so put him over pretty strong Exactly, that's what I mean. So yeah, he was the, the 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 shithead heel, but he was able to ultimately get the big D, like the big knockout. Garcia gang shout out. He's also a good follow on Twitter. I definitely recommend doing that as well. Yeah, he's awesome. All right, match number three 
featured your Impact World Champion Moose versus my boy Mike Bennett in an on-title oh. match. A couple Boris boys in that one. Bennett versus Moose. By God. Yeah. My boy, Matt Taven, joined the broadcast team. And this was a pretty good match. You know, they're they're pushing Moose as kind of like the rule breaker here. Uh, Mike Bennett won via disqualification uh, because, firstly, uh, there was a closed fist punch. And then Moose was uh, tossed Bennett over the top rope. So that was his second foul. So Bennett ends up winning via DQ. Oh, the over-the-top rope DQ not seen since Bill Watts running WCW in, like, 1992. Actually, I think they busted out that rule once or twice on Nitro long after Bill Watts left. But uh, anyway, the rarely seen in wrestling. I kind of like it. Yeah, it was kind of cool. All right, so after the match, Moose and Alex Coughlin kind of get into each other's faces. So uh, Coughlin was taken off the show weeks ago because of injury. So I guess they're... and and and. That was his original opponent. So I guess they're kind of setting this up for the next show, which will be February 24th. Beautiful. February 24th, the next Terminus show. Eh? Very good. Good to know. Yep. All right. Diamante versus Janae Kai. Honestly, if you haven't watched Janae Kai, go out of your way to watch her. She is excellent. She is kind of like the speedball Mike. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Speed Mike Ball Bailey. Mike Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was, I was yeah. Speedball Mike Bailey. Her style is so good. I really enjoy her work. Um, she's had a couple matches in AEW uh, in Dark Elevation, and she actually had a quick match with Jade Cargill on Rampage a few weeks ago. Uh, and Diamante is Diamante. This match was great. Diamante ends up winning via submission. I really enjoyed this. Good match. Both, you know, Pretty pretty good showing. All right, match number five, Jordan Grace versus Kira Hogan. Hey, remember Kira Hogan? No, I don't. Who is she? No, actually, <laughs> we do this bit a lot. But I, I I think Kira Hogan is tremendously underutilized, underrated. She was great in Impact. We've talked about her a lot. I really want to see her get more play in 2022. She deserves it. She's super talented. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Kira Hogan, Jordan Grace. This match was actually for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Again, Kira Hogan is kind of the speed demon. Jordan Grace is the brute. And that was your typical match here. Uh, Jordan Grace did some very impressive stuff where she just tossed Kira Hogan around the ring. Uh, you know, she held her up for a long suplex. And she, you know, she just did a lot of stuff on Kira Hogan. They, there was a lot of back and forth on strikes. Uh, Jordan Grace hits her fall from Grace for the win. So you're a winner and still impact digital media champion jordan grace great name great finisher i'm for it i don't love the impact digital media title because it, there's a lot of intergender wrestling and that's not for me we don't have to get into it here though uh this was uh this was not that so yeah it sounds like a good match yeah all right the next match was for the roh championship your champion bandito versus baron black this match dude Excellent. Oh, so good. Honestly, I love watching Bandito, and I hope that, you know, he, depending on what happens at Supercard of Honor, because it was announced today, that the only unification match in all of wrestling that I give a damn about is Bandito versus Jonathan Gresham. 
depending on what happens after that match, I want to see Bandito somewhere big. Hot take, little shot at Cody Rhodes, sneaky shot at Cody Rhodes. If you're really paying attention and listening, I like it, Boris. Gotta live the gimmick, buddy. Exactly. But, uh, you know what? I I do I do agree with you. I actually do care about that match a lot. I can't wait to see it. Yep. Hey, if certain people would actually spend their promo time talking about building up the match, I might care about it a little more. <laughs> Anyways, Bandito versus Baron Black. Go out of your way to watch this. I haven't honestly. I haven't seen too much Baron Black, to be 100% honest. Uh, so I was, uh, wasn't was too sure what to expect from him. But And Bandito being Bandito, Baron Black, awesome. Bandito, amazing. Uh, you know, the one thing about Bandito matches is that he tries to go for the 21 plex so often. And Matthew, Mateo, Matt Man, Matt, what's the number one thing I hate about professional wrestling? You hate when spots are choreographed, or more specifically, guys are waiting around to hit the next move, Boris. You hate yep. when they break that that uh, that fourth wall almost. Yeah, and the 21 plex, there's a lot of waiting just because you have to kind of bend down and wait for Bandito to do his, uh, his head spring off the rope and then off of you, and it's just a little too much. And yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing, my one nitpick of this match. But other than that, Excellent match. Uh, Bandito ends up winning after a 21-plex, but he honestly went for, like, five of them. Yeah, that is that is an issue with the Bandito match, but it, it makes sense in kayfabe. It's a strong move. It beats yeah. people. Obviously, he would want to hit it, so I get it. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you I know, if a- you're going to be... If you're going to be bending down for a long time, like, you know, I kind of want to see Bandito, like, just like, you know, slap someone's balls and they're like, you know, oh, it hurts. <laughs> That's why they're bending down or something. I don't know. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, very eloquently put, buddy. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> this week. <laughs> you are running on zero sleep, man. It's it's fine. Uh you know, half high on uh, life, Boris. It's kind of nice. I love it. All right. The next match was Dante Caballero and Joe Keys versus Tracy Williams and Fred Yehi. Typical fun tag team match. Caballero and Joe Keys win. Pretty good match. Nothing amazing. All right. Main event time. And I was honestly looking forward to this match so much, man. And it was Jonathan Gresham, your other Ring of Honor champion, versus Josh Alexander. And this was contested under pure rules. A very, uh, in in some ways, a very puzzling decision uh, in, the, in the finish of this match. Well, I'll let you tell that tale, but I was shocked reading the results of this show, kind of. But... Uh, I guess yeah. I guess you don't want to beat Josh Alexander right now, especially if you're Impact Wrestling. Maybe you don't want to even lend out Josh Alexander if he's going to lose, right? So, yeah, and that's the thing, right? And this is the issue with the quote unquote forbidden door. You know, it's 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 who's going to get the win, right? This is the issue. You're going to get a lot of these results. What I did enjoy, though, is that the commentators made a point of saying that Jonathan Gresham has never beaten Josh Alexander. Interesting. So that's a that's a little seed of long term storytelling. It seems it probably won't be the last time we see this match, specifically in a terminus ring. Yep, exactly. And 
I'll be 100% honest, Josh Alexander had Jonathan Gresham. He got him. He had him really hard. He was, like, on the cusp of winning this match. But <laughs> He yeah. what now? No, sorry, go on. <laughs> he had him on the cusp of winning this match. What? What did you think I said? What did I say? <laughs> no, I, I heard. I heard what you said. It's all. It's all worth getting into. It's just. I was doing. I was kind of doing a bit. It's fine. Move on, buddy. No, no, you no. You said he I had, had him really hard. You see, it was uh. just <laughs> the way it is. Just... <laughs> let's let's just put a highlighter on that and point a neon arrow to it. <laughs> oh, Matt. You disgusting son of a bitch. All right. Hey, man. I'm just here <laughs> reacting. I didn't even see this show. I'm not sure I want to now. <laughs> it is pro wrestling, man. You have sweaty guys going out. Yeah, men in tights slapping meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think we can do so many shows anymore. Anyways, um, so uh, Josh Alexander and John Gresham. They went for a suplex. So Alexander goes for a grass or for a suplex. Somehow they both end up in a pin. The referee counts both of their shoulders down for the three. Match is considered a draw. So your st- champion is still Jonathan Gresham after a double pinfall, and that was the show. But Bandito comes out. Him and Jonathan Gresham are exchanging words, and then this is when Santana from AEW, half of Proud and Powerful, comes out, says that it's awesome to be, you know, to be back in Atlanta. He loves the do-it-yourself mentality that Terminus has. He loves these types of crowds, but he wants the ROH championship, and he challenged Jonathan Gresham for the championship on their February the 24th show. Gresham accepts. That was the show. Nice, nice. So Santana versus Gresham. That'll be an interesting match. And uh, I'm surprised they're not going back to Gresham versus Alexander right away. It's fine, though. I like the double German suplex, the double pin finish. It's something you saw a lot in the 80s. It's something you'll see a lot if you go back and watch your 1980s tapes. It's a a favorite of Bret Hart, too. I feel like he used that more than once in uh, WWE. But, yeah, man, a very interesting old wrestling trope to bring back. Sounds like a watchable show, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was honestly a very good show. You know, here's the thing, man. You have to be very open to the production value of these indie shows. I know I give a lot of shit to ROH, especially MLW, but I kind of expect a little more from these companies, right? Impact, I'll, I'll lump in that group as well. But an indie show... Yeah who's literally filming on DSLR cameras, producing shows through Fight TV, I'm going to not judge too much. That's completely fair. And it is fair to judge the Ring of Honors and the Impact Wrestlings with their increased budget. That's exactly it, right? So, like, that's, that's, you know, so, you know, as I'm telling people to watch these shows, just remember, you're not going to get AEW or WWE production. You're going to get small, do-it-yourself, DIY, ND on Fight TV. 
Nice. And yeah, it sounds like they, they put in a spirited effort despite some pretty serious challenges. So good for Terminus. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Yep. All right, man. We have one more show to chat about. And, and you know, I'm not going to go match by match, but I kind of want to give highlights of what happened here. And that's Impact Wrestling. Nice, nice. Yeah, I am gonna I am gonna try to pin you down on a rating for the main event of this one because it is a very interesting and important match. This was the Impact Wrestling show that was main evented by Roxy versus Diana Perrazzo, title for title. Diana came in the AAA Arena de Reyes champion, and Roxy came in the ROH Women's World Champion, title for title match on Impact. Yep. All right. So I guess you know the fallout from. Uh, Hard to kill is W. Morrissey feels he's still granted, he's still owed a world title shot. But Moose is being Moose, he's the heel. Uh, so, you know, there was that was that story was kind of happening. Uh, they did the whole ROH invaders. So, Matt Taven, Bennett, Vincent, and PCO with Maria, they were, um, they were kind of like uh, attacking uh, D'Lo Brown and Tom Hannafin. And then, honestly, Matt Taven takes the headset, and as they're beating up D'Lo Brown, he says, uh, you know, don't you uh, bet you this guy wishes he was still wearing his uh, his chest protector right now. <laughs> Good line. Gotta love a shout-out to all wrestling fans. Just a little grain, a little grain of sugar for the longtime fans. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It, it was great. Um, and then... Yeah, so D'Lo tried to fight back, but there was too many people. Where was the Impact locker room, I ask? That's the one thing that kind of bothered me about this. They let their D'Lo Brown get their ass kicked. PCO, uh, he does PCO stuff. He does a flying somersault splash from the apron through the table. But Sorry, from the apron to D'Lo Brown. Table didn't break. So he did another one from the top rope this time, you see. And this time... He did break the table, and probably D'Lo Brown. What an insane man PCO is. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, man. All right, so the first match was Chris Bay, Laredo Kid. Wonderful match. Such a good match. Like, you know, Impact. We've talked about the momentum that Impact has, both on the main show and on BAM. And you know, something that you said on the main show really rung, rung, rung in my head all week, and that was, I haven't been this excited about Impact since the last time I was this excited. Yeah, exactly, man. That's the thing. It seems like every couple of years they can stoke this flame for just a couple of weeks or a month, and then they can't follow up on it, and it goes away again. But they yeah. are, they are, you know, they are at a peak, not a valley. Exactly, and honestly, like I feel like they have finally found a way to capitalize on this. So, the first match, like I said, was Chris Bay versus Laredo Kid. Excellent match. Check this match out. Good match. Laredo Kid wins, but it was really fun. Uh, Trey Miguel was on commentary. There's, you know, those seems these three seem to be the main X division guys right now. Uh, so this match was a lot of fun. The next match, another fantastic match. And I'm sure you and I have seen this match on Smash Wrestling a thousand and one times. And that's Jake something versus Speedball Mike Bailey. 
Two Toronto independent legends, Canadian independent wrestling legends, I'll go as far to say. Jake something, super kicked champion, I think, possibly to this day. And, uh, you know, definitely a huge star in the Toronto area. It's Speedball Mike Bailey, PWG notable. Like, he's been everywhere, man. So, yeah, uh, this is this is fun that this was on Impact TV. Yeah, and, you know, like unlike other companies who debut someone in a TV title match and have them lose, they're doing a great job with Speedball Mike Bailey because he's getting the big W's to really build him up, to really showcase that he's worth it. Yes, absolutely. And I believe his finisher has a name now, like the, the shooting star knee drop is called Ultimo Weapon. So that's fun. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. All right. The next match we saw Masha Slamovich versus Vert Vixen. Honestly, Masha Slamovich, awesome. She reminds me of a character right out of Glow. And she's yeah, a good, good call. big brute. Just a big effing brute woman. And really cool. So that, that was really cool. All right. Then we got a very interesting promo. We talked about this on the main show. And that was Josh Alexander comes out. He says that, you know, he's basically ready to, and to be the contender for the title. And this is when Charlie Haas comes out. The Haas of pain. Welcome to the Haas of pain. Charlie Haas, another one. We've said this like four or five times on the podcast, but another one who didn't quite get his due in the wrestling business, in my opinion. I think he was a little more talented than his push. Yep, exactly. Um... Pretty good. I, I really enjoyed this. Haas, man, he looks rough, but he looks like he can still go. Apparently, from all indications, the match was great, but we'll see, you know. And Josh Alexander's Josh Alexander. Like, honestly, MVP of North American wrestling right now. I Fight me. He really is. <laughs> well, I'm not going to fight you. I would just, well, if I did, I would just attack the collarbone. I think that would be over pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, no, my man, one I, weakness, I, jo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Josh. Ale oh, man, my voice is cracking. Uh, man, uh, uh, Josh Alexander is an incredible wrestler. So there were reports, though, in this match that Charlie Haas got like his bell rung, as it were. He got knocked out for real and he had to be kind of taken away. Was there any indication of that on TV? Did that come across at all? Did they so completely the match, edit that out? The match didn't happen, okay? So that the match is going to happen this week, I think. So, yeah. So we'll see exactly what's going on there. I see. All right. Very good. Yeah. Um, but from all indications, he was fine. That's that's good. That's very encouraging because yeah, concussions never a good thing, especially when you're you know you know you're getting old, up in age and you've had a ton of concussions as I'm sure Charlie Haas has being in wrestling for the last twenty years. So ooh, never good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. These guys, especially some of the older guys, right? The guys that we watched in the Attitude Era and the early Ruthless Aggression Era. You just never know how they are. All right, so Moose. Kind of had an open challenge. Uh, he 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 challenged Ziggy Dice, and obviously it was a joke match. But this was mainly to further the story with W. Morrissey. So it was what it was. We had Jonah versus Raj Singh. It was what it was. This was basically again a squash match for Jonah, and then we had the main event which was your AAA Reina de Reinas campeón, Diana Perrazzo, uh, versus the ROH women's champion, 
the Roxy title v. title match. All right. I talked about Mike Bailey. I talked about Chris Bay. This is the match that you need to go check out. Dude, amazing match. Such a good match. Honestly, I forget how good uh, Deanna Perrazzo is. Yeah. I really do. Like, I don't, I haven't watched enough Impact. WWE completely dropped the ball on her. And she honestly is constantly proving how good she is. She's maybe one of the best female technical wrestlers out there today. She is so freaking good. And Roxy, man, yeah, she has a little improving to do. But for someone at such a young age to be thrown into the lion's den, uh, to you know, with the cameras, with these high stake matches, she's doing just fine. Absolutely. I think Roxy really impresses. And man, you hit the nail on the head with Deanna. It is a shame that she's not in WWE, but it's probably for the best because she is an incredible main event level wrestler she's really really good in the ring and she would have never gotten that opportunity in wwe never in a million years so it's probably for the best that she left and she's able to have these awesome matches in a bevy of different companies yeah so prazo got roxy in the venus de milo uh roxy had to submit so diana prazo is now your roh champion and dude Here's the thing. Maria, after the match, came face-to-face with Deanna Perrazzo. Then the rest of the ROH invaders showed up. And that was pretty much it for the show. But I have to question Impact for one thing. You have Deanna Perrazzo. You know, she's the virtuosa. She's the future. She has the AAA championship. She has the ROH championship. Did she really need to drop the belt, the Impact Knockout belt, to Mickey James? Interesting. Uh, so she could be doing the female Kenny Omega thing, the belt collector. It, yeah. Would it be more impactful if she had all the belts, I guess, is your question. I think yeah. I could see both sides of that argument. But I like the idea of splitting them up and keeping Mickey James strong as well you could say not as strong not on that level quite as diana but still in the main event in the big time picture so i like that i I like that they split them up yeah exactly like i can see both sides to be honest you know i think you made a good argument for 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 that um and you know here's the thing that i didn't consider until just now if mickey james wasn't the impact world champion would her showing up at the Rumble made such a splash? Would people have tuned in to oh. Hard to Kill, right? Absolutely not. I think, yeah, that's a, that's another good call. Absolutely not. It would be way less impactful. So, yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Is it a four TNA out of five matches and a four-star matches and a match of the year contender, this one that you just saw? You know what? Yes. I'm going to give this one four impacts for reina de reinas for rohs out of five this match was excellent uh, you know what i could be convinced to even go four and a quarter but i'm nice. gonna stick to four all right so four out of five 80 it's an a minus it's impossible low end near the bottom top 122 of 2022 contender i love it yep yo you know honestly impact awesome dare i say matt they're making an impactful start to 2022. 
Here's a here's a hot question for you, Boris. Did you like Impact more than you liked last night's Dynamite show? Yes. Oof. Oof. So Specifically, one hold week. on, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing. You asked a very specific question. You asked whether Impact was better than Dynamite from January the 19th. I don't think it was their strongest show. I think there was one and a half good promos, a lot of questionable stuff on imp- on, on uh, Dynamite, and honestly, Impact, let me tell you something about Impact. They had a freaking great main event. Roxy and Deanna told an amazing story. Impact is pushing wrestlers like Masha Slamovich, like Jonah. You know, they have someone like W. Morrissey who's actually kind of a legit threat. You know, you have they have the ace in their sleeves with Moose versus Josh Alexander constantly being teased. I'm loving this. I'm loving what they're doing. They're doing the right stuff for once. The issue, like we've always said, is I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I uh, totally I understand your your thoughts on the subject. I just thought I would ask that, you know, hot question. But yeah, I love you, how you, that's, that's I love dope. how you try to, like, goad me into these things. <laughs> just stoking the flames on this one. Just absolutely uh, instigating and shit disturbing like I do. But uh, yeah, man, no, that, that, that's totally fair. It's totally fine to say that. I don't think it's unfair at all. Was not the strongest dynamite in any way. And impact is gathering steam. It's a snowball rolling downhill. Exactly. It really is. And we'll see where they go. Like, honestly, like I said, I'm waiting for the other shit to drop. I know Impact. They're not going to surprise anyone when, you know, they, they big they give everyone the big F you, right? Like, I'm just waiting for it. And that's the sad part. It's kind of like WWE, right? WWE can give us a great Raw. They can give us a great SmackDown. They can give us a great pay-per-view. But, you know, that streak won't last too long. And, you know, they're going to do something stupid. Like, you know, have Vince McMahon care about an egg for an entire show. <laughs> you, you never know when it's going to go flying off the rails. But it seems like we're in good hands with Impact. I don't think we are with WWE by and large anymore. But it does seem that way with Impact right now. So let's hope we can trust them. And let's hope that going forward, they will continue to consistently put out a good product. Big homie. But yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of a group that is pretty exciting, putting out a good product right now. Do you want to preview this GCW show before we get out of here? Exactly. So GCW from the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's called The World on GCW Sunday Night Fight TV. Go check it out. 8 p.m. Here's the lineup. So far, uh, we're gonna see an appearance by Psycho Clown. We're gonna be seeing an appearance from b-boy we're going to be seeing an appearance from dustin thomas and then the actual card itself they're using a gimmick from aw and that's the grab the brass ring ladder match where the winner can get any match he wants anytime anywhere it's not specifically a championship match it's any match so these are your contenders leo rush pco tony deppin alex cologne jimmy lloyd Jordan Oliver, someone is going to do something absolutely insane in this match. 
That is a heck of a field. PCO has had a death wish his entire career. This man's 54 years old, and he's throwing himself at the ground at a record rate. Leo Rush, incredible, groundbreaking high flyer. Every match, it seems, Leo Rush will come up with just a little twist, a little little movement that you've never seen before in a wrestling ring. And Tony Deppin's awesome. Tony Deppin is a little bit like a Daniel Garcia-type Pokemon. He's uh, he's a, the new Dean Malenko, we've said before. Yeah, I love that. Um, who do you think is going to win? I think it's going to be Leo Rush, but it, it's it's hard to say. I don't know much about GCW's booking, but just looking at these names, I think the most over and the person who the person who should win, the person that would win if I were booking, is Leo Rush. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. All right, the next match we have Bandito, Laredo Kid, and ASF versus Gringo Loco, Demonic Flamita, and Erez. Yes, Team Bandito versus Team Gringo. That'll be a fun match for sure. Some high-flying action, some, a great Lucha six-man, a trios match. Yep. Who, who do you got? Uh, that's a tough one. I'm probably going to go with Bandito just because he's he's a ROH champion. I don't think he's going to lose in this six-man tag. Yeah, maybe it'll be you know one of his partners who loses the fall, of course. But yeah, Team Bandito to win this one. Yep. All right. We have Ruby Soho versus Ali Catch. Fun match for sure. Ruby Soho should probably win there, but uh, yeah, man, good to see, good to see uh, Ruby Soho getting a an awesome high profile indie spot. Yep, exactly. Um, the next match is for the ROH World Championship to be fought under pure rules. Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian. Blake Christian, if I'm not mistaken, the former Trey Baxter. Uh, is it fiance or just boyfriend of your girl, Cora Jade? Yep, he's Mr. Cora Jade. <laughs> Mr. Jade, Blake Jade himself, yes, sir. So that'll be interesting. It's got to be, in my opinion, the highest profile match of Blake Christian's career. He's been in some TNA matches. I believe he had the uh, a couple X Division title shots. He was in NXT for a cup of coffee. Didn't really get much of a chance. I always really liked his work, though. I always thought he was a pretty strong wrestler. So this is a big spot for Blake Christian. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, when I think of Blake Christian, I kind of think of his NXT run and his Impact run where he was more of a high flyer. So putting him in a pure rules match, I'm kind of interested to see what he can do. Look, I know he can hold up, right? Like, they wouldn't put him in this position if he couldn't do it. But it's Jonathan Gresham, right? So, well, I, I'm really looking forward to this match. And there's zero doubt in my mind that Blake Christian's going to win, right? you caught me sleeping there for a second no jonathan gresham for sure is going to win this match but yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see what blake christian can bring to the table in what is my opinion the biggest match of his career yep all right we have jeff jarrett yes jeff jarrett that's j-e-double-f-j-a-double-r-e-double-t jeff jarrett versus effie Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. I have no idea what this is going to look like, but it'll be a ton of fun, and it's in front of the right crowd for sure. It'll be it'll be hilarious to see this match in front of the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. No idea what to make of this. Should be fun though. Yeah. Um. I think if any. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting because like they've been running a few programs, uh, a few uh, over the past few GCW shows. So. There is some fun buildup to this match, but I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this match. Hopefully, Effie wins. 
No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. There's no so, reason for Jeff Jarrett to win. I mean, <laughs> what's he going to do? Isn't he a young up-and-comer? <laughs> Is there a Jeff Jarrett Jr. coming up soon? Does Cody he have a Rhodes? <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize I put that one on a tee for you. Notice right, that I didn't on. even blink. You didn't even you finish. Like It took you like a nanosecond to come up with that one. You just had that one. I, I can't believe I just teed that up for you so well. That was just a that was a 60-mile-an-hour pitch down the heart of the plate that you just absolutely destroyed. Yep. All right. So the match that I think is going to be the sole, uh, you know, uh, bo- I shouldn't say botch fest, but hardcore match, uh, you know, violent match is going to be Matt Cardona, your ECW TV champion, Matt Cardona, who beat Rhino recently with Chelsea Green versus Joey Janela. Yeah, calling himself the ECW television champion and an ECW original is Matt Cardona. I think this match is going to be awesome. There's a pretty a bit of fun build happening on Insta if you follow one or both of Cardona and Joey Janela, where they're kind of running a, a replay of the Savage Elizabeth Ric Flair WrestleMania 92, WrestleMania 8, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's great stuff. They're having fun with the build of this match. And I think this has a chance to be a really good match, man. Joey Janela has some Cactus Jack in him, some Kevin Owens in him. He tries to kill himself at least one and a half times per wrestling match. Yeah. On average. And and if there's anyone who catches heat from the indie scene, it's Matt Cardona, right? Like, And I, I read this interview where Matt Cardona is really pushing to come out to enter the Sandman in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Oh, my God. What a great call. What an absolutely brilliant idea. I really hope that happens. All right? Can you just imagine that crowd? Like, we've seen the crowds react to Cardona in GCW. Can you, like... Matt, he better question. have security. More he heat, actually better or have security. Less Someone might take a shot at him. <laughs> More heat or less heat than John Cena in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Ooh, I think it would be a different kind of heat. It would be slightly less heat, but it would be it would still be a loud reaction, but it wouldn't be quite as real. You know what I mean? The the crowd kind of I think they're kind of getting in on the joke a little bit with Cardona. That John Cena appearing, that was a real kind of hatred. You know, that was there's some there were some elements of like actual real hate there. I think I think there's imagine? less with my Cardona now. Can you imagine if John Cena actually beat RVD? I actually I could not imagine that they might there there might have been an issue and like I'm I'm actually serious about Matt Cardona if he's gonna do the Sandman entrance through the crowd he better bring security someone might take a shot at him honestly oh, I sure. do think there's that all right but, I, but I, don't, I I don't think like he there's a chance that he could get stabbed or there could be an actual riot you know yeah so a match that I'm really looking forward to a match that I thought would be set up well. Let me tell you the match, and let me tell you why I thought it was going to be set up last night. And that's for the GCW Tag Team Championship. Ah. Your Briscoes defending in an open challenge. What are the odds that this isn't FTR? I think it's not going to be, and FTR is going to show up after the Briscoes win. And that's going to be how they play it. Because everyone and their mother expects it to be FTR. Um, So, my pick, Boris... What if it's the New Age Outlaws? 
What if it's Billy Gunn and Road Dog? That seems like something that GCW would do. They would they would pull out anyone from the past of wrestling, though. It could be Strike Force. It could be the Beverly Brothers. You never know. But I'm guessing my official pick is it's going to be the New Age Outlaws who answer that challenge, and then FTR show up after the Briscoes have beaten the Outlaws. I can honestly see that happening. Now the the thing is, like, it kind of it's interestingly and shitty that. The FTR Brock Anderson and uh, and Moriarty match was canceled. Yes, yeah, and we don't necessarily know exactly why that is. Although, if you listen to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer, it does appear that there was an it was a medical issue that is not related to FTR themselves. So the tag team of FTR are probably not afflicted and could theoretically show up on Sunday. And wrestle in this match. Well, we don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know if it's Tully Blanchard or what the issue is. And it's not really who cares to speculate. But yeah. I, I think I think the point of me even bringing that up is I think both FTR members are healthy and could go. Yeah. All right. So we're expecting FTR to show up at some point here. I like yes. I like where your head's at in this match. And then your main event for the GCW World Championship: John Moxley versus Homicide. Man, Moxley looking great last night on Dynamite, cutting that amazing heartfelt promo. Promo of the year so far, by far. But, of course, it's January 20th. But, yeah, one of the great promos that you'll ever see on wrestling. Just I was ready to run through a wall after that one. And Moxley looks 15 years younger. Buddy, we should probably stop drinking. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. I'm telling you, trust me. Beer and booze is keeping me young. <laughs> uh, I, but is it keeping your face young, Boris? I That's think the so. Question. I have a young-looking <laughs> face. Oh no, you, yeah, you look, you look fine. Only I hate insulting your appearance right now. I'm just saying it's something that I thought about myself. Like Moxley, like he, he looked amazing and he sounded great. And I'm very excited to see Moxley versus Homicide in the main event. In the Hammerstein Ballroom, if anyone embodies ECW in that spirit, it's it's fucking Moxley. If anybody in wrestling does, it's this guy. Yeah, exactly, man. This match is going to be great. I think this card honestly has a lot of potential as long as they don't do anything too stupid, too crazy. We don't need six hardcore matches and violent matches. You know, we don't need that. I, I know we're going to get it from Cardona and Janela. So let's keep it to one or two matches, Max. Yes, sir. Uh, so yeah, next week on BAM, I think we might quickly, briefly preview the Royal Rumble, rare WWE talk on BAM, because we're going to be doing the WWE 2022 Royal Rumble after party coming at you live after the show we'll give you some details about that one uh, when we shore them up for sure but that's coming January the 29th after the Royal Rumble exactly so to listen so to watch you can watch anywhere we'll let you know but to interact with us you have to be a patron of Sunday night's main event you can join at patreon.com slash radio join for just under for sorry just over one dollar every week they get one wrestling show a day like this show and many others so that's patreon.com slash radio all right man so yeah what else are we doing next week 
Yeah, we're definitely going blow by blow, a, a big, strong review of GCW The World. We're going to do the whole match rating, the whole gimmick, really break down that show. We're going to preview the Royal Rumble. We're going to preview the NFL Conference Championship Games, the Final Four before the Super Bowl. And uh, if you want to watch Impact and Major League Wrestling, feel free to throw them in the slate as well, brother. Yep, there's a Noah show that I might catch this weekend. We'll, we'll see what's going nice. on. Yeah, there's some um, uh, New Japan shows. Nothing major, but, uh, you know, I might skip those. But Noah show I might actually catch. Really looking forward to that card, actually. But, yeah, man. All right, so this is the end of BAM. If you're coming from Sunday night's main event, you're a patron, so you'll be able to get the following shows. And if you're coming from anywhere else, again, patreon.com slash SNME radio because you're going to get shows like the old fucks all elite weekly where Dan and Joe talk all things AEW dynamite that's coming to you Friday on Saturday you get not one but two shows first you're going to get your smack daddies talking all things smackdown and then typically you would get the dark side of the elite guys but this week they're busy so you're going to get a combination of myself matt and mike as we review AEW rampage on sunday it is the the flagship show with mike mcguire and myself we're gonna be having a roundtable segment likely with matt likely with mark we'll see exactly who's who's there but uh yeah that's gonna happen on sunday and then we start it all over again with a new week a new day and that's that. <sighs> All right, brother, brother. We did it. Go out there. Get get some sleep, man. If you, uh, you know, you probably need a nap. You uh, Seems like we've been delirious this entire show. So thank you very much for sticking with us. If you did, and we'll catch you very soon. And yesterday's NXT talk show. <laughs> hey, man, I thought I did a good job driving the bus yesterday. Oh, you I did think great. I came across pretty well. I'm talking well. about myself, like completely <laughs> losing interest in the show. <laughs> oh, man, it's hard to keep interest. Like the Saray and the Walter thing in the same episode, that was a blow. That was a tough one. Who? Saray and who? Oh, yeah, sorry, Gunta. Saray and Gunta. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thanks for listening to Bam, Boris, and Matt Weekly. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Maybe we should rebrand to Bag, Boris, and Gunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I can just start going by my middle name, Roberto. <laughs> That's actually my first name. <laughs>